He's been talking to us about the insanity going on in the world right now. It's all around and lawlessness and war and talk about new plagues and pandemics and uh, lockdown measures and fake climate change stuff and all kinds of interesting things looming on the horizon and in progress right now. And we've been talking about on both of our platforms the power of internal work that you can actually do that goes way beyond your apparent sphere of influence. And Dr. Cousins in particular is putting together a world peace meditation uh, program that's going to be ongoing that's not supposed to just make you feel like you're not worried about what's happening. It's supposed to be actually proactive to have an impact on the outside world to help bring back sanity. We're going to get some details of that and see how it applies. And we're doing some similar things on Lost Arts Radio. So let's hear about details from Dr. Cousins and we'll get started as usual. Welcome, Gabriel. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Richard. It is a joy, as always, to be here. And I thank you for your good work. I thank Doug for his good work. Who's behind the scenes, but right on top of it. Right, I agree. So... I'm going to start like I usually like to start with a little bit of dance and a very short meditation just to kind of prepare our mind. But it's important that we all dance for joy in these very disturbed times because ultimately spiritual joy is what helps us wake up and not get caught in the negativities. So... We'll do a little bit of dancing for a few minutes and meditate for a few minutes. Now, for meditation, we just want to, if you don't know how to meditate, well, one, if you have your own meditation, just that's fine. If you don't know how to meditate, I'm just going to go over that very briefly. This is uh, the name of God as grace. The Moses received from the burning bush, Yod on in breath, He on the out breath, Wa on in breath, He on the out breath. Yod from the base to the heart, He up to the heart. Wa from the base, let me get this reflecting right. Wa from the base to the third eye, and then He up to the heart. So you can do that, that's an easy one. So let's start with a little dance, a little spiritual dance, and get the show rolling. And I want to start with a little prayer, which is the merging of the heart and the mind, and that's what we do when we dance. The Shemikud Kudashabrihu Ushinate Bi'ilu Ar'imu Laihad Shemikud Vavke Bi'inashon Meshem Kuzrael Kolam Amen. There we go. Okay.
Okay. Okay. Now, in the meditation, just focus on my eyes for a little bit. Let the energy come through to you. Now in the meditation.
Slowly come out of meditation. Okay, so I want to start again by saying I welcome you all with love and and peace. Okay, now tomorrow, Tuesday, the 21st of March, Equinox, we're doing Peace 21. So that's a meditation for peace we do on each equinox and solstice. Okay? And what we do, and I'm going to explain the principle. This actually sort of cold. The principle is very important to understand. And what it basically means, what we do is that, uh, according to Peter Russell, and really from our observation, there is a global brain, there's a global mind, okay? And what we do affects the global mind. That's the key concept. So we can create all kinds of violence, which is what's going on today. The global mind is kind of being brought down, or we can elevate the global mind. So Peace 21, and actually um, a little added to that, we're going to, on April 2nd, I'm starting a weekly meditation for world peace, and it's called, and we're going to put it up in the second, the world peace, worldpeacemeditation.net. And we already have a website, and we're going to meditate for a half hour with a visualization at the end for world peace. We're going to do this on a weekly basis, and it's going to be in Israel time, 6 p.m. And then we can march it all the way through, and the time, their time changes and so forth, but 6 p.m. We're all doing it together. So let's get back to the principle. Um, uh, Peace 21 and also the World Peace Meditation.net. And we have a website. That's actually a website that uh, Doug put up. So I thank Doug for doing that. So, what's the concept? The concept is since 1973, there's more than 300 studies have shown one distinct point, which is when people meditate together, they can create a for peace, they create a field of peace around them. And what does that mean? It means there's a drop in all kinds of crimes, murders and thievery and rapes and uh, violence of all different kinds. It actually decreases. Now, the initial one of the initial studies was in 1973. Where they took 22 cities, 11 of those cities were. 1% of the, of the population was meditating and compared against 11 where they weren't. And there was a basically, uh, that went for four years, there was a 16% decrease in crime in the cities where they were meditating. That's significant. The most dramatic was a study done in Rhode Island where uh, 350 meditators came in they meditated on a regular basis for three months, and there was a unbelievable 43% drop in crime rate, violent crime rate. 
People thought, well, that's a fluke. They came back the next year, exact same time, and they had a 49% decrease as compared to the exact time, same time in prior years. So that was like a controlled study. So what do we see? When people are meditating for peace, they create a field of peace that actually affects everyone. That's pretty exciting. And uh, Dr. Tiller, who, who who was head of material science at Stanford, uh, since retired, uh, theorized that when one uh, when the square root of one percent of the population meditates for peace, we can shift the global mind. So we can think about that. Uh, that power and potential. So that's the principle. Now, why are we doing it? Because truly nothing else has really worked because you can't really focus on a spiritual problem from a political basis. It's a spiritual solution to a spiritual problem. So that's the good news, is we actually have the technology, the human technology, to upgrade the global brain-mind consciousness. Now, this is the World Peace Meditation website. Notice the sun is rising over the horizon. Why? Because that's exactly where we're at. We see the darkness on the planet, and the sun is rising over the horizon granting not just a new day, but a new world. So that's our view of that. And these are the different places and the different times. Okay? And it's up on the website so you can see it. Um, And again, thank Doug for doing that. But this is what I'm talking about. The sun is rising over the darkness that's on the planet. April 2nd is when we're doing our first one at 6 PM. And there'll be an explanation of the whole process up on the website in a few more days. So we're excited to present that to you. Piece tw- it was really modeled on the Peace 21 uh, concept because we know the Peace 21 works. Dr. Burl Payne um, actually studied the sunspots on, uh, you know, during these peace meditation times and compared them equal action solstice for four years compared to previous times when there's no meditation. And there was a clear decrease in sunspots. Now, increase in sunspots are are associated with social chaos, increasing social chaos. So what he's saying is there's decreased energy for social chaos during these times, besides the fact that there was a decrease in social chaos. So this is really exciting that we, uh, we've had this, we've known about this for years, and I have to say, I've been thinking what to do, what to do, and it doesn't feel like, again, the politics, I'm not saying to ignore it, but we actually have a power that goes beyond that. And that's the important uh, kind of understanding is that, wow, we have the power, It's been proven. Um, I think it was God, you said, you know, the uh, war efforts have failed uh, 
let's try to change our minds and create a new mindset for the world. That's a paraphrase. But that's what we're talking about. Creating a mindset that can uplift the consciousness on the planet, bringing more peace. And it's, again, been proven it works, and now the idea is to do it. And the way the setup is, well, tomorrow is Peace 21, so we're going to gather a quarter of uh, uh, six um, Israel time, and med- no, I'm sorry, quarter seven Israel time, and I'll do an explanation again. And at seven to seven thirty, we will do that. So you can go to www.drcousins.com, peace twenty one, and it will lay out how to to link up into the program. And then on April second, we'll do the other one, which is world peace meditation. Same principle. But this is ongoing. Now, the research shows that when people meditate for peace, like I just said, the effect lasts for about three weeks. So for that reason, and given the timing and how people work with cycles, once a week is what we're saying for the world peace meditation. So um, so we have uh, both things happening uh, close to each other. We'll continue the Peace 21 because the more you do, the better it is. Um, and on the equinox and sources, there's more energy, more uh, the system, the world system is more open to that happening. So we'll, we'll as I said, we'll meditate and then uh, have a little visualization at the end. So those are the kind of the, the, the big points that we're making here. Um and it, it is an effort to make a real breakthrough. And um, I, I find it interesting, a friend was explaining to me the um, astrology of some of this. And I'm not super into astrology, but they just called me right before the program. And uh, Pluto goes into Aquarius on the 23rd. And what that is, is about societal transformation. So that's what we're talking about. And it has to do with also electronics, innovation, internet, AI. And it will bring out, the light will begin to shine in the darkness so we can see what's going on. And it will create a transformation. And that's kind of what's coming our way in a really good way. Uh, even though it looks like a little awkward at this moment. So I, that's, the, I, I think, the big thing I want, want to really share. It's a very optimistic way of doing it, but I know it's been proven over 300 studies. We can make this happen, and it is up to us. So it's a very activist approach because as we see, the politics hasn't made a difference. This does make a difference. But we have to get enough people to do it. We have to get enough people to show up and put our consciousness into the whole picture 
to make that shift in the world consciousness. So piece 21 is, um, you know, a, a first little step. We've been doing that since 1985, and it does work. Now we're studying this whole new approach um, of a weekly meditation to seriously shift. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited by it because it's, a, it's an option. It's a way we can move forward with this. Uh, rather a stuck uh, system than what's going on. So, um, Richard, is there anything you want to add to that before I go any further? Um, Dr. Cousins, I agree with you. It's incredibly exciting and all kinds of potential, and it's really related to the work that you've done for decades with the physical body. Because the reason, you know, I guess there's a bunch of things I want to say at once here. It's like your well, best. Take, take your time. It's okay. Okay. Um, you know, your work is best known for what you've done with diabetics, but this applies to all kinds of degenerative disease and breakdown. And the conventional doctors, even the natural ones who try not to use poisonous chemicals called medicine and use natural things instead. Most of them, if they've gone through medical school and PhD training and public health training and all that, still believe that what, the religion of medicine now is that you can't cure anything. You can only manage it with toxic chemicals called medicine. And they believe that you can't cure anything. And they don't know about the fact that the consciousness in the body that gives it life automatically pulls toward a cure, toward harmony. And this is the manifestation of that principle in the physical body. But on a larger scale, it's the same principle. And it's not that we have to figure out how to construct harmony in the world. We have to stop blocking it, which each one of us has been doing with chaotic mindset. And when you talk about um, meditation and changing the mentality of humanity, it's not just making yourself feel better and not worry. It's the fact that just like the consciousness within the body that's always pulling toward healing has an actual power to accomplish that in a harmonious way. The same thing is inherent in the world, in humanity, and anything in the same creation that came from the same spiritual base. And so really what you're doing with the meditation and the program is trying to uncover the power that is in every single person to remove the blocks to world peace, not to create it, because that'll be done automatically. And I think it has unlimited potential. So I I think your excitement is justified. Nice. That's really good. Um, Meditation is, in general, a very good way to remove the blocks. Yes. And now we're using it in, in service of uh, shifting the consciousness. So that's, uh, I think it's nice the way you said, removing the blocks that obstruct our own inner peace. And then from that we can move to the outer peace. Yeah, constructing world peace is beyond human mentality. It's got too much depth and detail. But fortunately, the same conscious power that keeps everybody alive automatically works toward harmony 
if we get out of the way. It's it's almost like our free will is boils down to the choice to allow natural harmony or to divert it. And we've been doing the secondary choice up to now. That can change. And the number of people, I want to say one more thing. That I appreciate that doctor that you quoted saying how many people with the square root of the population and all that, square root of 1%. Um, but the reason that it can't, as I see it, really be put into a number, which is good for us, is that the more focus and dedication that someone puts in, they become as powerful as many, many, many people meditating with a scattered mind. And so it's the quality that matters as much as the numbers. And we want a lot of people, but not just for numbers. you know. And what we're going to be doing that I think it goes along in support of your project is in Lost Arts Radio and Planetary Healing Club in, in particular. We're going to be talking about what do you do so that you don't undo your meditation on the 23 and a half hours in between the sessions every day. And that can make a big difference. So, okay, that's good. I I just want to say, you know, in traditional meditation, we call it repeating the mantra, repeating the name of God to keep you aware of the other 24 or 22 or 20 hours we weren't meditating. So you just repeat that name of God. Keep the focus on seeing the divine in all things. That's pretty much the traditional approach. Right. And what I'm saying is that the depth of meaning of that, you know, is at a, a deep level because you can take a, a mantra or a rosary or anything and do it mechanically while your mind wanders. And, right. like, and that doesn't have the same effect. So while you're, as you alluded to, while you're doing whatever mantra you is going to bring you into harmony with spirit or with God, you want to become aware of where are your where what emotional state are you living in? Where are your thoughts? And the thoughts and the emotions go together. And in my experience, it's the emotions that they have the power. Because if you have the thought with no feeling to it, it's different than if you experience it as a reality. So we're going to be getting into those subtle details. Yeah. That's good. You know, as we get deeper in the meditation and you touch into the um, non-causal peace, non-causal love, non-causal joy, that's naturally who you are. And so as we do this, you begin to touch into that and we amplify it as we do it in a group. That's part of the story. One of the issues about that uh, people have made about this is it shows a very small amount of people can have a major impact on consciousness. So yeah. if just 10,000 people are meditating, that's a equivalent of, of 100 million people uh, kind of thinking or meditating separately. So it's the group energy that is particularly amplified. It's, what's the point is that we do have the power to make a change. So if a square root of 1%, as Teller talks about, can affect that much people, then it's not like, oh, well, who are we? We're just a minority. God has slanted it. So this minority, through meditation, has tremendous power 
to upgrade the consciousness of the planet. That's the beauty of the whole thing. And that's it. That's what makes it fun. It's just a small people. That's what Margaret Mead said. The small people, people make a big change. We have that opportunity to shift it. We don't have to have a majority. But, of course, the majority will go along with it naturally. But that's the beauty of this whole kind of uh, research and understanding is, oh, wow, just a small percentage is needed. And that's us. That's what we need is that small percentage to, to show up now. There's some kind of equivalent of a hundredth monkey theory involved here. And I'm not saying it's a hundred or any particular number, but there's a certain critical mass of not just numbers, but numbers times focus. And when it gets to a certain point, the spread will just take off. You know, it's a, we don't have that number, uh, you know, but it's certainly in people's minds. Um, although we're not monkeying around here, you know, we want, you know, so what we know is we have an effect. Right. We don't know the critical mass that affects the whole world to open people's hearts up to peace. That part we don't know. And what we can only see is the results. And what we do know is when that very small percentage, square root of 1%, is doing this, it affects their city, it, you know, it, it affects the overall environment. But what it doesn't do, the research shows it only goes so far. Okay, it, it only lasts for so long. Right. So when everybody's doing it around the world, then we have a kind of a unified field, and we're doing it once a week, and we know every three weeks it lasts for. So we have it covered both ways, if that makes sense. Because the truth is we don't know what the number is, but we do know that small percentage can affect a particular geographical area. Right, and it doesn't just affect people with a spiritual focus. It affects people who are focused on things like, how do I strangle somebody? Right, it decreases murder, decreases car theft, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and so there is reason to think that it's possible this could even affect the worst of the criminals who are in positions of power right now. Even no, 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 the proof is it does, it can't. Yeah, so I'm saying just because they're not part of the meditation consciously does not mean that they won't be affected. Uh, I would be a little bit proactive with that and say that the field uplifts everyone who's on the planet, so it will affect them. Now, you can say, what about, are you taking away free will? Well, what we're doing is creating a field of peace. They still have a choice to be part of it, but the, the, the field of peace encourages people to be their true nature. Right. Their free will at the deepest level is to become harmonious with everything. Right. Right. We're just giving them a better environment to do it in. Yeah, a more encouraging environment. So we're not taking away anybody's free will. Um, yeah, that's a whole different thing. Right. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Now, 
you know, we have many things going on at different levels of prophecy, and uh, people uh, in 1871 they they were uh, making a little bit of prophecy that that uh, the, the dark forces would come in and actually change the government, change the laws, um, you know, appoint their own judges and people, and basically will contaminate, plunder, and spoil. So those energies are actually happening now. And this is why we need to go to this other level. I mean, this is why it's more of an emergency that we need to go to this other level because actually it's protecting those people. So they don't create so much negativity that they bear that negative karma. So this is a way of uplifting the whole world and in, in a sense transmuting the darkness into the light. So that's yeah, another way of understanding that. You're talking about helping criminals instead of attacking them. Transforming them. Right. You know, there's a story. Uh, Shlomo Karlbach was a, known as a singing rabbi when I was his doctor. And he would do lots of cool things. And he'd go into prison and he'd hug all the prisoners. It's <laughs> quite unconventional. And, and very unconventional. And, and, and as he's leaving this one prison, this big, burly prisoner comes running after him. People are like, what? We're going to have a problem here? And he says to Shlomo, can I please have another hug? If I had a hug, like what you gave me as a child, I wouldn't be here as a criminal. Yeah. That's how powerful it is when we, 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 we can transform each other. It's, it's a cosmic hug. It's the energy in that. Yeah. It goes to everybody. Yeah. And so this one guy was so touched that he wanted another hug, you know. Pretty impressive. In terms of, yeah, that would have changed my life. I just needed, you know, someone to, to show me some love. I wouldn't be this criminal. Right. So love is really the basis of meditation. There are people that think that meditation is defined by certain specific principles of which many people have different versions. And it's really the essence and the energy in it that defines it and gives it the power to do something. Yes. And I think there's a tendency in the world as it is now with most of the population being affected by some kind of zombie fog that's over the general population that what we're talking about in spiritual things and meditation and focus and what your intent is and the idea that you can manifest things happening and changing in the outside world by what you silently do inside, most people would t have a tendency to say, you know, that's really great in theory, or it's nice to make yourself feel comfortable. But, you know, we really understand that it's physical fighting that does everything on the outside. And you've mentioned, and we've mentioned on Lost Arts Radio and Healing Club, that it's already been proven that silently what you do inside definitely affects and changes to any degree what happens on the outside. And it's just, we're in a situation now where it's waiting for somebody to do that on a bigger scale. 
And that's us. Yeah. Since we happen to be here, I think it's a good idea. And the point is, this is not like, you know, it, it, it's in the comfort, in the sense of your own living space and with like-minded people to upload, uplift the consciousness of the planet. It's like, could it be any easier? But it does require some effort. you got to show up. Right. And, and, the, the, and the effort thing is a really interesting point, too, because people are trained, you know, by our society to think of work as really stressful and grueling and you have to force things. The more force you put in, the more work you get done. This is a really different kind of work. Yeah, and it works out that it uplifts everybody. It brings us into non-causal love and non-causal peace and non-causal harmony. It does it naturally and spontaneously. Yeah. And you could say the same with when people fast on a juice fast or a water fast and they're curing degenerative disease, not just diabetes, but a lot of other things. Um, where's the medicine? You know, what are you doing? And in that sense, it's a non-causal physical cure of degenerative disease because what you're letting disappear are the blocks that have kept the disease in place. And it's really, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the same principle. Well, I won't get into the details, but ultimately when you're fasting, you're removing a lot of uh, uh, obstacles and negativities and clearing your mind to kind of transcend. And I think that's the important principle there. And if somebody's been eating junk food, that's like having thoughts all the time of fear and worry. and It's called junk food thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Spiritual junk food. Right. So that, you know, yeah, the juice, the juice in the meditation fast is thoughts of harmony and love. Right. Then we bless the juice. We are having a juice fast starting April 16th on the internet as well as in person here in Israel. Um, but we're doing it on the internet for everybody. So it's a seven day fast and that really elevates consciousness. And actually gets the Kundalini going in about eighty percent of the people, so it's a really special, special event. And we've done it once over the internet, or a few times over the internet, and it works pretty well. It's better, yeah. better, better. What, what kind of physical effects do people get when they do that? They feel initially some detox. Not everybody, actually, but at least 30% will feel physical detox. A lot of people just feel great, and they're just better. And that's the second part of it. You get uh, clear, the mind is clear, and you get more connected spiritually and elevated spiritually. So by day six, five, six, and seven, uh, most of the people are really flying high spiritually, and they get a taste of how their life can be living this way. Is this good for people with any kind of physical issues going on, or are there specifics? Well, it's a general detox. 
Yes, it's very helpful for healing diabetics, even type 1, type 2, but I have to manage people if they're on insulin. Um, but it's generally good for osteoarthritis and, uh, you know, rheumatoid arthritis and uh, any levels of toxicity that people have, it tends to improve. But that's one way of looking at it. The other way is you're fasting so you can become more clear spiritually and evolve spiritually, which is the traditional way of fasting that the ancient, you know, uh, siddhas used to do. And the people in all different kind of traditions that they would fast to uh, raise themselves spiritually. Yeah. So it's, there's a reason there is called fasting and prayer. Yeah, it's fasting and prayer, and we do that. We do fasting, prayer, obviously meditation, yoga, Shaktipat meditation, um, exercise, you know, different exercises like the walk, to be active while you're fasting. And we just monitor people, uh, particularly if they're on insulin or any other medication. A lot of people come off their medications when they're fasting. One of my most interesting uh, situations is a lady, 93 years old. She came in a wheelchair. She had high blood pressure. She had heart disease. She had diabetes, type 2 diabetes. And after the fast, her diabetes was gone. Her high blood pressure was gone. And she was off all medications. She's 93 years old. And I saw her a year later in New York, and she was just fine off all the medica- med- you know, her medications. And she, so that's the kind of thing that can happen. Now, that's unusual, but that happens regularly. Right. So that's the way it works. It's a, it's a general opportunity for your whole body and mind to reorganize itself back to its higher frequency. So you're talking mostly about people who come in person when you're still talking about monitoring blood glucose and, and no, you can do that. You can do it at a distance too because they can do their finger sticks. So do you do you communicate online with the people who are doing yes. that? Yes. Okay. So what it, the basic program for a week is? You eat no solid food, and you just drink juice, right? And you you do green juice that's diluted in half with water, and we meet for sharing or check-in. I have someone they can check in with also at any point in time. We are meditating twice a day, and uh, we're doing yoga once a day. So all that's going on, and also a lot of group sharing because things come up. So it's really helpful to do that in a group. Right. And do you do that on something like a Zoom call every day, or how does that work? Yes. Zoom. Okay. What kind of green juice do you use? Um, whatever is organic and fresh and seasoned. Okay. A lot of celery and cucumber are the basic. You can always get that, but celery and cucumber are your two basic Juicy juice, you know, high water content oh, juices. Right, right. And then whatever is available, you know. We may have some carrot we throw in there, may some beet, but we don't want it too sweet. And um, some people just do water for a day if they want. 
so, but, but whatever's in season is the important okay. Okay. And do people need to rest a lot while they're doing this, or how does, that, how does the energy level work? Well, some fasting things do that. We like people to be active because when you're active, your, your blood and lymph move the toxins out of the system more readily. Mm. So we like people to walk. Yes, you can rest as you need because sometimes when you detox, you may need to be in bed for a day. But generally, we encourage people to be active and that stimulates the detox. Right, right, right. Sounds exciting. And that's going to start in April, you said? April 16th. 16th, okay. And which one of the two websites do people go to if they're interested in that? Well, we go to drcousins.com or treeoflife.mn.co. Either one. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the reason I got into all that, although I want people to know about your fasting programs, is that that's basically what you're doing on a spirit level with the uh, World, Pe- World Peace Meditation Program, right? You, except for the toxins being taken out are all of the unharmonious consciousness and thoughts and right. of division and fear and condemnation and, you know, fighting and Fight, physical fighting is the end result of internal fighting, right? Right. And so it's true. People who participate in this on an ongoing basis, we're doing, a, you know, it's a secondary gain. You're clearing a lot of, a lot of negative mental toxins. Right. So that's a very important point to make. It's, but... It's- but I really focus that we're really elevating our consciousness and the consciousness of the planet. That's the you know positive point right. that you know I really want people to do. You're not just getting something getting rid of negative. You're getting you're elevating consciousness, which is really the exciting thing. Yeah, I would say this is a missing element to um, advice by Chris Kai and David Icke and all these inspiring people who are saying that the answer is peaceful mass non-compliance. And I'm saying, oh, well, what causes that is consciousness. Because when it gets clear inside and you get ordered to do something harmful or suicidal, you don't have a decision to make. You just can't do it. Automatically gravitate towards something beneficial. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's what's going on. So I invite you, whenever you see this piece 21, that's in this program, that's tomorrow on Tuesday. Right. And each equinox is solstice the 21st. So it's four times a year. And the World Peace Meditation is weekly on Sundays at 6 p.m. Israel time, and then everybody has their different time zones, and you can see the chart when you go to the you know the the picture you just saw you know um, worldpeacemeditation.net. So it's all laid out. We are the sun beginning to shine on this planet to share the light with the whole living planet. So please join us for that. WorldPeaceMeditation.net. Is that website complete yet, or is it in progress? It's it's very complete. Okay. You know, without there's always an adjustment here. There, it's very complete as it stands. 
Right, but all the times are on there and the zones and everything like that. Right. Okay. But remember, in two weeks, the U.S. times change, so, you know, we have to keep playing with it. Yeah. Are we on the same... We're on the same time every week now for this show, right? Well, it's 10 o'clock my time. I don't know what time it is yours. Yeah. Um, I think... It's just... It's generally a 10-hour difference. Right now, it's a 9-hour difference. Right. But, I mean, what I'm getting at is that you've already changed to Daylight Saving Time in Israel, right? I have to be honest and not sure. People are talking about another change in two weeks. I think we've already changed. Nobody seems to know, to be honest with you. <laughs> we'll find each other for future shows. <laughs> uh, well, we'll, we'll double-check it. But for next week... And for tomorrow, the time we have now is a nine-hour difference with the West Coast. Yeah, East Coast is a six-hour difference. Exactly. But in two weeks, it becomes a seven-hour difference again. Yeah. So I think we'll be able to stay in touch with that in mind. Anyway, yes. And I, I'm mostly really glad to have a focus, you know, in the middle of there are so many shows on everything bad and people getting black-pilled and it looks like there's no hope for anything. And on the ordinary level, I understand that, you know, because right now the people with malevolent intentions have control of uh, power positions. And if you just want to try to fight that and force it to change through physical intervention, I don't think that's going to work. So I agree with them. You need something on a different level entirely. Yeah, you completely understand the whole point. That's thank you. It's good. Yeah, I mean there are th- there are hundreds of really great uh, independent news sources now that on different scales. Infowars probably being the biggest, but a whole bunch of others that are really well motivated and being as honest and careful as they can with what they report, and mostly what they report is that things are terrible in the world, which is not debatable at the moment, and that people just have to change, become aware, and completely be different. And what you're saying is, oh, well, there actually is a way to do that, because if most of the public is suffering from zombie disease right now, which I think it is, um, it's not just the rulers, it's their subjects that have been trained that they have no options the meditation program starts releasing awareness that they do have options. It is definitely about hope, but we know it works, so I'll even take the hope away. We have options, we have action that can uplift the world, and it's a positive action. And as you say, some of these programs have this negative point of view. The point is the world situation is very positive because the light of God is there. Already, all we have to do is release it. Like the light of God isn't there. So it's still positive, but it takes that step to release it. Yeah, I know a lot of, you know, when when they talk about prayer and fasting for healing, which is the same in meditation in its own way, part of the problem is when people are praying and they think God is so distant. You know, I don't know if you can hear me, God. I don't know if you're going to be willing to do anything to help me. And so many of these begging sessions that are prayers, you know, nothing seems to happen. And part of the consciousness that changes that is knowing there's no distance separation. 
that that power, whatever you want to call it, that God, spirit, source of life and love, is not on some distant galaxy or cloud. It's right with you. And the only thing that makes us not aware of that is those spiritual toxins that you talked about eliminating during this program. Exactly. Right on. Perfect. Well, let's close with the blessing. And I just want to bless everybody that you're inspired to know there is a real avenue for the internal change, creating the out internal peace, creating the external peace, and you're it. We are it. And we can do it. Peace be with you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Doug. Peace be with you, and may it always be with you in every moment. Uh, amen to that. And I'll just say a few end words. Um, mainly in support of what Dr. Cousins is doing and the program is being incredible. And take advantage of all of them that you can. I mean, I've been working with this kind of detox and juice fast and things along that line for many decades as well, and it's really powerful. And what I was originally interested in it for was reversal of, of the so-called normal aging, which we're supposed to break down, and the, they have all this data showing that this is how much worse you get every year, you know, in some respects after you're born, but in all respects after you get old, like 30 or something like that, you have to get worse and worse. And actually, that's not entirely true, that um, <clears throat> the whole system of modern health understanding and medicine and all that is has strayed away from the understanding that Dr. Cousins was talking about, where there's a life force coming from God in every single being, no matter what you believe or don't believe, it's what's keeping you alive. And if you operate, uh, if you get yourself out of the way and let it do what it's best at, which is bringing everything into harmony with its source, then things that are called miraculous happen all the time. I just want to add to that, Richard, just an example. Yeah, please do. When I was uh, in sixth grade, I guess, 11, I could do 61 push-ups, and that was better than anyone else. Yeah, that's a lot. Okay. When I was playing football, I could do 70, and that's a lot. That's a 21. So at 60, I did 601. I thought, well, that's a lot. But as I got more chronologically, or at 80, which is where we are now, I yeah. hit 2,000. Yeah, that's, that, that would be considered superhuman by the sickness system. <laughs> so yeah. what I'm saying is we can get better, stronger, and more flexible with age. This is a radical, revolutionary perspective, you know, because we're trained from very young age that it's just normal and you should be what stoic or philosophical about it. Everything gets worse as you get older, but don't worry because it's good for somebody else because they're not old yet. It's a very dark picture of how life goes. And, you know, the people that talk about something better, that's encouraging, but people who actually demonstrate that's what's needed on a larger scale, I think. Yeah, so we can do it. You can get that. And also, when I was... 21, I couldn't touch my toes. I could get, like, below my knees, okay? Now I can, touch. Now I can put my palms on the floor. Yeah, you're, you're going against what we've been taught is the law, 
that you must get worse as you get older. <laughs> That's That's right. They haven't told us the entire truth. And modern medicine is great as far as rescuing people who have been run over by cars and, you know, traumatic medicine and things like that, although they could improve even that with less toxic alternative uh, drugs. But in the area of disease and health, health in particular, um, it's like we're starting from below zero as far as the system goes. And the answers are, are hidden because they're so simple. You know, just stop getting in the way. And it's a basic meditation message, too. So, yeah, and that's the fasting message, too. It gives the body a chance and it to its natural harmonic. Exactly. And, you know, most of the time we're also trained that if you don't eat constantly, then you're going to run out of energy and fall down and probably die or something worse. Who knows? And fasting is saying, well, wait a minute. That's not actually what happens. If you stop eating, which you do hopefully at night at least, that's why the first meal in the daytime is called break fast, is that during the night there's this balance that's supposed to be going on between taking in building material in the food, energy carrying material, and giving it a rest, giving the digestive, digestive system a rest, which is when the body does getting rid of toxins and cleaning itself out. Even the brain during sleep is cleaning out residues of toxic material. And if you do that more, change the balance between eating, which is what this uh, interest in intermittent fasting is about, is changing the ratio of hours between eating and fasting every day, um, then the body can rejuvenate in ways that it's not supposed to be able to do. It, that was known a long time ago, but it's been forgotten for the most part. And Just, just to add to it, yeah. in the sixth day of a juice fast, when I was 60, is when I did the 601 push-ups. And sixth day of a juice fast. I and when was, when was the last steak you ate for energy and strength? <laughs> oh, come on, 60 years ago. Yeah, that was a while. Probably wore off by then. So it's a whole different understanding. And um, it actually makes things simpler. It makes things cheaper. It makes it easier to live your life. It gives you more time to do things other than eat. And there actually are a lot of other really neat things to do that are not eating. Um, it just opens up a whole new perspective. And it's the same thing with meditation. You know, in the beginning, anything that you're not used to feels weird. It feels strange. It's like going to the gym for the first time when you've spent 30 years on the couch or doing nothing physically. But after you get after a while, your body adapts to it, and your system says, oh, this is good, and it starts feeling energized by the exercise instead of stress. And it's the same with meditation in the beginning. We're, we don't realize it, but we're addicted not only to physical substances, but to self-destructive emotions. And you would think that you're never addicted to that kind of stuff because it hurts you. But we're the ones who are holding on to it. And when that starts to be let go, the automatic alternative starts flowing in. And it, it gets exciting. And it, get, it feels better than you remember feeling for a long time. On, on Thursdays, uh, Israel time, at 5.30 we have a meditation. And also at 7.00. We have a meditation on Thursdays twice, 
where we go through the instruction. So people who want some support with that, right? You can, it's available. How do they get into that particular group? Well, I think the best thing to do uh, is go to drcousins.com or treeoflife.mn.co and they can kind of sign up and direct themselves to it. Okay, okay, good. Um, yeah, a lot of times the answers to really seemingly impossible life problems are so simple that we're looking right at them and we don't see them at all. And so, you know, part of it is slowing down instead of being addicted to the mind, racing everywhere and, you know, grabbing onto one worry after another in fast succession, learning actually what a lot of it boils down to is learning to relax at a really deep level and become aware of what what emotional world you're living in. You know, so there's this delicate balance between... I'm not promoting the idea of being oblivious to what's going on in the world. I think it's really useful and helpful and necessary to know what's going on in your environment. You could you could call it strategic awareness. And that way you're not making crazy decisions and running into things blind. But there are two uh, functions of mind. There are many functions of mind, but two of them that are related to this. And I'm not asking you guys to hang around. We're waiting for dogs, so a little bit of extra chatter, if you don't mind. Um, one of the functions of mind that is really critical is strategic awareness. It's just environmental awareness. It's noticing what's going on around you. Another one is the... Wait, I just want to, just want to interrupt. I, it's very important. People say, well, we meditate, that's it. No, you need to know what's going on in the world, if nothing else, to know how to keep out of the way. Yeah, that's a really important point. You're going to be blindsided if you don't do that. And I, I understand why people would want to be oblivious of what's going on in the world because it's not very nice right now. And it doesn't feel good. But the reason it doesn't feel good is not caused by the strategic awareness. It's caused by another function of mind which hooks into what you're looking at, what your attention is on, and it starts to absorb the energy from it. And it's almost like a feeding function. It's like your body is eating physical junk food if you feed it that, and that's a problem with getting healthy. The, but the body can fast. The mind can't fast. It can only change diets. So instead of absorbing nothing, if you don't like the junk emotional diet that you're getting into your energy field from looking at what's going on in the world, you keep the strategic awareness and decouple that feeding function from it and put that into the most beautiful, uplifting, inspiring source of love energy that you possibly can and don't move it and learn to keep it there while you maintain your strategic awareness of your environment. And if you can decouple those two functions, then you can afford to look at anything, however horrible that's going on in your environment, and not be dragged down by it. Very important. And when I started investigating the world power structure many decades ago, and I wanted to take it all the way to the, past the human level to where it's coming from, which I did, and I ran into a lot of these beings that are not human that are coordinating all of it, in the beginning, when I even started that, I got really damaged emotionally because of what 
how dark it really is. And then I had to learn to decouple these two functions of mind. But once you do that, you're fine. You can be face-to-face with anything, and your emotional input, you're going to be eating from a different source. So it's really important to separate those and become aware. That makes sense, Dr. Cousins. It totally makes sense. So the key, though, is keeping the inner awareness because our source of love is within. We have we call it the self of all, the big S. Yeah. It's a non-causal love, non-causal peace. When you have that, you don't need a whole lot in the outer world to make you feel peaceful or give you love. And then you can amplify it in your relationships with other people. And when you say non-causal, you mean non-external causal. Because the real cause... Non-external cause. Like you're not depending on your sense of peace on what your neighbor is doing. Right. Yeah, like an example would be if you really feel great when you're eating pizza because you're totally focused on the taste of it and the crunchy crust and all this stuff, and you just have to eat pizza after pizza after pizza, you know, with no break to keep that going. And eventually it could have a negative effect that you don't really like after about the 15th pizza. That's external cause, trying to make that into happiness. And if you switch that to the internal cause, which is non-causal on the outside, you don't get any bad effect. It's just the opposite, right? You just get lifted up more and more. I'm going to tell you a true story. This is a guy who turned to meditation. But initially, he was doing mountain climbing, and he got a high from that, and that was good. But then that wore off. Then he did skydiving. He did um, jumping off bridges. Yeah. And that wore off. And then he did skydiving. And he landed and broke both legs. Oh, no. But then he said to himself, there must be an easier way to do this. Right. It's got to be easier than this. And then he went to meditation and he got all the, the inner experience that he's searching through the outer activation on a regular basis. And he wasn't falling off bridges and breaking his legs. That's so a big advantage, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a, a common this is a true story. This is a true story. This it's really, really important. I mean, everybody is not everybody is brave enough to jump off the bridges, but they're basically looking for something similar. And right. what, what you eventually find out, and this could take a long time to figure it out. It, although it should be obvious to us, it isn't for a while. That everything that you look for on the outside to give you that feeling that you want of feeling good, which is what everybody in everywhere in creation, I'm sure, is looking for in their own way, even the bad guys, is that if you seek it on the outside, you get this hit of immediate energy. Even the dark side gets, you know, a temporary high from hurting people. And then you get the residue. And, you know, it's because we're all connected and we're all connected to the same source. And so if you're not getting it from the source, you're going to get the letdown and get dissatisfied, and it leads to, you know, dismay and ultimately tragedy by later in life and a lot of bad effects. And eventually, hopefully, what you realize is that all these great things, what you can think for yourself, whatever you chase, 
to feel good. It's not the source. And it wears off. And when it wears off, you don't feel so good. And that gets worse and worse. And eventually, you can't get the high anymore. It's because that's a reflection. And if you stop short of the end and think, wait a minute, what is this a reflection of? What if there's an essence of feeling good that I could connect to with no downside? What would that do to my life? You know, and it's a deeper aspect of what we're talking about. That's what this guy figured out the high way after he broke his legs. About, I couldn't quite hear you. He figured it out the hard way after he is skydiving and broke both legs. It's like, there's got to be an easier way to do this. Yeah. And it's easy to think that, oh, that guy was such a slow learner, he had to break both legs. Um, excuse me, but that applies to everybody I've ever met. Yeah. Maybe not with skydiving, but with something. What are all these a reflection of? So meditation is not just sitting there blank and experiencing nothingness. You know, I've talked to a lot of people from uh, Zen meditation practice, and, and what they focus on is emptying the mind completely. So their ideal that they're targeting is no thought, which I've talked to a lot of them, none of them ever succeeded, but they don't admit it because that shows that you're not doing your work. So they try to act like they have no thought, and what they're, I think a lot of them overlook is that it's the opposite of nothing. You, you, maybe you're not chasing reflections in your mind anymore, but you're trying to get the ultimate high that doesn't go away. It's way beyond what any drug user would ever imagine without the downside. So when you meditate, just taking, just extending a that. When you meditate and you touch in to the the divine self within yourself, which everybody has, yes, you start getting a taste of the non-causal love, non-causal peace, non-causal joy, non-causal love. You get a taste. The more you meditate, the more you begin to access that on the inner plane. Right. Eventually, that begins to leak into your outer world, so you're taking your inner access of that spiritual joy and divine way into your everyday experience, and you begin to experience God in everything. Now, that's not the quite same thing as having a quiet mind, but it is. Now, let me explain that. Um, when you're meditating... And I write about my book, Into the Nothing, okay, somewhere here, Into the Nothing. That's available on your website, I assume. Yes, and, and also at Dr. Cousins Global, where the main distribution is happening, and then also, you know, at Amazon and so forth. Okay. When you're meditating, you're touching into the truth, it is always there. You're not creating it. You're just touching into it. But eventually it becomes part of your outer awareness. Okay? So then everything becomes the dance of the divine. You're not trying. It just is. Now, quiet mind is somewhat related to it, but 
the dance of the mind doesn't require a quiet mind. It requires being tuned into the inner experience. Now, beyond that, you can go into the nothing, which is what I was writing about, where literally your I amness disappears in the nothing, and there is only that. That's kind of a the true experience of reality is there's no difference between you and the rest of the world. It's all one. Okay, or, or what we call in, 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 in Veda Vedanta, you know, the oneness, and you disappear into the nothing. And that is different. You can't walk around in that consciousness. You, you can't walk in that consciousness. You can't move in that consciousness. So you can do that in meditation when you're sitting. Okay? But what I'm saying is that there are two pieces that we're talking about. So that is beyond thought. It's beyond the body. There's no body. There's no thought. There is nothing except God. So that's a very different experience than thinking no thought, creating a quiet mind, because you are beyond the mind. That sounds very different than Zen and the Buddhist meditation. I believe those people who are really doing it do get beyond. I believe that happens. But what I'm saying is, in general, the idea is to go beyond the mind. Not the thoughts of the mind. That happens naturally. They disappear. So I'm just kind of giving an overview of the bigger kind of picture. But in daily life, you are experiencing the play of consciousness in the world, and you do need your mind as part of that, but a quiet mind is important. Now, when I played football, I would, and I didn't know about meditation. I just knew that for me to do my best job as a middle linebacker, I had to have a quiet mind. Why? Because I could go in any direction. I wasn't fixed on this idea or that idea. I could just be there and let it happen. And that's how I learned about the whole idea of a quiet mind. So, you know, as they're calling the signals, I'm just like this quiet mind happening. So that was like, a, you know, a little bit of introduction to meditation, but that allows you, the quiet mind, to move in any direction, which is a, a key advantage of, of consciousness, is that you're free to move in any direction. So I'm just kind of making a little difference there. But you need a mind that can respond so what's going on? Now, we can call it intuitive, but it's still responding. You still have a thought. So, But you're still in meditation. They're just different levels. Where you absorb so you can't move. I've had two uh, abdominal hernia operations, no anesthetic. Why? Well, because you can go so deep, your body disappears. But you can't walk around that way every day. That's not that practical. You bump your head, you know? So... <laughs> So I'm trying to make some distinctions of levels of meditation. That's the point I'm making. All right. This is one of the most unique interviews of a football star that I can think of. <laughs> but it's great. We bring in the sports enthusiasts. And uh, should we wrap it up? Do you want to say any closing comments before? Oh, no, it's just fun talking and rapping. And uh, it, um, it's good. It's, you know, so it's fun wrapping with you. So that, that's what, and it's fun sharing with you. Unusual opportunity. So, and uh, I think you've already given a lot of positive 
for foretelling of, of the audience of good things that can come no matter what it looks like in the surrounding world right now. It's beyond just hope in the, you know, general sense. It's specific hope that you can make come true with your own actions. Okay, well, let's see, what can I say to wrap up our part? Just as usual, you know, go to drcousins.com and treeoflife.mn.co to get in touch with all the programs that he's been talking about. And we're going to be working in harmony with that in our work in Planetary Healing Club. And uh, it's interesting that he ended up with with, uh, comments on interstates that you get to that can and cannot be with you while you walk around in the outside world. And both of those states are really important. Um, What we're going to be working with, not not just in theory, but for people that are ready to actually put this into practice, including me, I'll be doing it with you, is a state where you're completely out of the way. And it's, you know, people talk about worshiping God, and they say, God, you're so great, and all this stuff. But really, what I've learned at this point is that if you want to really do that, you want to go beyond it. You want to let that force into you and take over and basically live life through you. And it's not uh, selfless at all, because as a side effect, you get an enjoyment that doesn't wear off, and it gets better and better, and it has no downside, and it helps your physical body. And it's right in line with the kind of physical healing that Dr. Cousins has been teaching all over the world. So we're going to be actually doing the counterpart of what he's talking about with Peace 21 and with World Peace Meditation. And doing actual meditation practice in our meetings in planetaryhealingclub.com, but also looking specifically on what do you do in between. You know, we only meet once a week at Planetary Healing Club online, which is a Zoom meeting like like his uh, fasting meetings are. But what do we do in between? What do we do in all the hours that we're not practicing meditation per se? How do you change that? And the reason that you'd want to is this understanding that gradually we get, which is that we are always radiating frequencies based on how we feel physically and how the emotional state is that we're living in. And it's a very powerful radiation. It's beginning to be understood a little bit in what's called quantum physics. But it goes way beyond that, the the so-called science of that is just in beginning stages. And what we want to do is actually put it into practice. Uh, people talk about the idea of manifesting things that they want in their lives. We've had guests like Dr. Bankston talk about that and actually demonstrate it. But we're saying, okay, it's time after all these great inspirations and uh, great teachers that we've been talking to and interviewing we need to actually change the day-to-day life and the expectation from getting worse and worse and falling apart and having your life end in tragedy, which we're supposed to think is normal for each person. And then you're supposed to be kind of philosophical about it and think, oh, I've got great memories, you know, even though I feel terrible now and I'm just going downhill. That that's because of what we've actually got in us that Dr. Cousins talked about. There's another option. 
that it's not an option for a new religion or a belief or anything like that. It's a right now, everyday option for getting in direct contact with what we've been chasing for longer than we realize. And if you're up to that and you're ready to do the work, not only do I encourage you to take part in Dr. Cousins' programs, but join us at planetaryhealingclub.com and we'll do it together. And the power in a small number of people is really adequate to revolutionize the conditions on the world. And we don't have to wait for some future, you know, decades ahead or many years ahead. What we're doing today is taking a hand in creating the world we experience today. And we have the power that they don't want us to know about. Not because of our egos that have all these silly thoughts about our own importance of our mind programs that we're running, but because of the real self that he mentioned, the God that is actually inside every sentient being, which is every being. And getting in touch with that can't even be described as far as how much change it can make. So if you're ready, I'm suggesting we all do that together. It's really time to stop just commenting and take stock what are your thoughts that you're carrying around all day? Who are you busy worrying about or criticizing or hating or being divided from or thinking how dumb they are, how we're right and they're wrong, and all, all this blowing away of our time to what world do we want to live in? Are we brave enough to create that inside and see what happens in the reflection? And it's a lot. So anyway, sorry to keep you way over time today. I hope you don't mind. And... Uh, Stay in touch with us. Look forward to seeing you next time. Um, have a good night and a good rest of the week, and we'll see you soon.